Before we get started, I want to remind you about a challenge I have starting on November 1st. It's called the Gratitude Walk or Run, and it's a 30-day challenge designed to keep you moving, get you focused on gratitude, and have you writing for short amounts of time each day in your journal. Now, why did I select movement, gratitude, and journaling? Because these three things combined pack a powerful punch. Movement elevates your mood and clears your mind. And it gives you that time and space that you're always looking for so that you can have a few minutes to yourself to focus on what you're grateful for. And I'm really psyched about gratitude right now. You can listen to the episode right before this one to learn about some of the benefits of gratitude. But the short story is, gratitude has the power to transform your life and your health. And of course, there's that journaling component because first, did you know that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down? The act of writing forces you to focus and committing to writing down what you're grateful for rather than making it that quick mental exercise that you rush through helps you go deeper, which makes the practice more meaningful, and it gives you the opportunity to reflect and see patterns over time. So get signed up for this challenge. I want you to join me this November so we can all experience the power of gratitude together. The world needs this now. You need this now. Head over to crushingmygoals.com forward slash gratitude to sign up. We'll start on November 1st. But if you're listening to this a few weeks later, you can still join at any time. There is no time limit on gratitude. Check it all out at crushingmygoals.com forward slash gratitude. This is a short and sweet challenge that will help you see some big changes in your life quickly. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek. I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, and I help busy women live empowered and fulfilled lives and discover their joy and passion for life through movement, mindset, and journaling strategies. This is the fourth and final episode in the series on building resilience. And today we're talking about active engagement. Anytime you want to make a change, you need to be actively involved in making that change. Sounds obvious, right? If you want to run at 5K, you know that there's some steps that you're going to have to follow. Some of those steps might include things like buying a new pair of shoes, finding a coach, and committing to a time each day where you're going to focus on the skills needed to make you a better runner. And in that time that you carve out throughout the week, you are going to commit to things like running three to five times a week, making time for stretching, making time for strength work getting enough rest, and fueling your body with foods that will energize your body and help you build muscle. When you embark on a big goal like that, you put together a plan and you research and you learn what it's going to take to be successful. You have this goal and so you're actively involved in the goal setting and the planning that it takes to make that goal a reality. If you want to take a trip across the country, you probably choose a route Look for landmarks, marks, or places that you want to see along that route. Book hotels on your route. You make a plan, you make a roadmap, and you follow it. If you want to go to college, there's a process and steps to follow that will make that a reality too, right? We know that for every big thing we want to do, there's 
a path to follow or steps to take. I think it's so interesting that we're taught how to plan for the big things in our lives, but there's not much focus on how to train for the little things that are really the big things in life. We aren't taught how to develop a new habit. We aren't taught how to be resilient. And it's not like there's a manual for this, really. It's not like you're going to wake up one day and go, hey, I want to be resilient. And yet, resilience is a super important skill for us all to have. We might be taught how to create goals, and we might even learn about SMART goals, which are goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Maybe you've heard that formula before. We learn all these things, right? But the education typically stops there, and we are left to think that the magic ingredient is grit. We are taught that we need to have this massive amount of determination and willpower to succeed in tough times, or to lose weight, or to run a race, or to stick with any goal. When the going gets tough, we're taught that we need this thing called grit. And the truth about grit is that it works in the beginning when we're excited about something new, and it works better at the beginning of the day. But as time wears on and we face tougher challenges, grit is not enough. Grit is a great trait. We should all have more grit. But like resilience, it is also something that can be developed. But grit is not enough. Unfortunately, because we haven't been taught any additional tools, when grit isn't working for us, we feel like failures. We start projects and quit. We don't finish that 5K training plan. We stop exercising. We quit the diet. We bail on that course or the educational project we were excited about. We stop making the knitted afghan because it got too hard or we ran out of yarn and we don't have time to go to the store. We, we stop when things get hard. And when it's a bigger goal, we stop building that dream life. And then we see people, other people being successful and we wonder what's wrong with us. What's wrong with me that I don't have this thing called grit? Well, it's not you. Grit is not enough. It could be that you just need a few more tools to supplement with your grit. I recently heard John Asaraf, who is the author of a book called Inner Size, which is a book about how to unlock your brain's hidden power, say in a recent podcast episode, thoughts are passive, thinking is active. And that really hit home for me. You have zillions of thoughts going around in your head all day long. You have thoughts about how hot or cold the room is. You have thoughts about how long the line at the grocery store is. You have thoughts about how cute your dog is when she's curled up on a blanket by your feet under the desk while you work. There's just all kinds of thoughts about random things running through your mind all day long. These thoughts are passive. You aren't assigning any meaning to them. They are just thoughts that run through your brain. And sometimes we assign a meaning to a thought, not because we're actively thinking about it, but out of habit. And some of these meanings can be things that were programmed in our brains at a very young age. Think about your feelings around school, for example. I have never been able to write when someone is standing over my shoulder reading while I write. 
In my college copywriting classes, this made lab days really hard for me because our professor would walk around, pace the floor, walking behind us, staring over our shoulders. And I realized that the way I feel about someone watching me write goes all the way back to elementary school. When teachers would walk around the class and watch us and they would critique what we were doing while they stood behind us. I had horrible penmanship and anybody who knows me has seen my handwriting knows that I still do. But I still remember in fourth grade, my parents being called into school for a meeting about how atrocious my writing was. And I had these worksheets that I had to do every night to work on my penmanship. And then the teacher would do this pacing thing, walking behind me, correcting me in class. And so I began to associate someone looking over my shoulder with criticism. Now, you're probably familiar with that little voice in your head, that one that has that constant commentary telling you you're not enough. We have habitual thoughts that are programmed into us along those lines as well. That little critic that immediately jumps to a negative thought when you want to try something new and tells you that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you weigh too much, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that. And this is the difference between thoughts and thinking comes in. That difference that I mentioned a few minutes ago. If you make an effort to become actively aware of the thoughts filling your head, you have the opportunity to be actively engaged in the thought process. Active engagement is the difference between thoughts and thinking. You catch that negative thought about your abilities, and instead of letting it just be this passive thought, all of a sudden you're aware of it. You stop yourself because you know you have a choice. You can choose to believe that thought, or you can explore where that thought comes from, why you think that way, and work to retrain your brain to act differently next time. All of those mean thoughts that run through your head all those thoughts that tell you you're not enough, those were programmed. They're in your head for a reason. And if you want to stop the limiting beliefs, you need to be active. You need to, instead of just have a thought, be active about it and think, be thinking about it. Learn where that thought comes from so that every time it pops up, you can start retraining your brain with a positive message that empowers you. Now, of course, this is easier said than done. Our brains are wired for safety and efficiency. It's our brain's job to keep us safe, to protect us from harm, to reserve energy by making things easy. Our brain tries to protect us from the saber-toothed tiger, so we avoid things that our brain perceives as a risk. Our brain wants us to not starve. You know, thinking all the way back to our caveman days, our brain, its job is to keep us full, keep us safe. So it doesn't want us to starve. So it preserves our energy by making us prefer sitting on the couch wrapped up in a comfy blanket to getting up and running and exercise and using up our energy stores. We're programmed for safety, which means we need to be actively involved in our thinking patterns if we want to thrive. And if we want to thrive, we need to get beyond this Groundhog Day existence. If you haven't seen the 1993 film Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, you need to see it. 
In the movie, he lives the same day over and over and over again until he learns to break the cycle of behavior patterns so he can move forward with his life and stop living the same day repeatedly. There's a meme that shows up on my Facebook page from time to time. You might have seen it too. It says, don't live the same year 75 times and call it a life. And I love this meme because it hits right at the core of what I'm talking about here. If we are not actively engaged in our thinking, we will repeat the same thought and behavior patterns. Nothing changes, and we live the same year over and over and over again. Now, what does all this have to do with resilience anyway? We need to be aware of our thoughts. We need to be aware when our thoughts shift toward negativity. We need to be aware of the limiting beliefs that run through our minds on a constant basis. Anytime you think, I can't, stop and ask yourself why. Take it from a thought to thinking. Actively participate in what is running through your mind. If you get in the habit of doing this, you're going to notice a shift in your thoughts and more importantly, a shift in the way you behave. Resilience is a mindset. We don't have to love everything going on in our lives. We don't need to be fake or pretend that we're happy about things that we are not, but we will find more happiness in life when we become aware of how our thoughts affect our behaviors. Taking this back to the school board meeting that I mentioned a few episodes back, our school district has had high schoolers back in person now for one week, and we are just a few steps away from being back in the red zone, which the county health department will recommend that all students need to go back to online learning. Now, at that school board meeting a couple weeks ago where people made their cases for why we needed to be back full-time in person, there was a lot of complaining and blaming going on. People were not taking responsibility for any of the aspects of their education that they have 100% control over. But one of the good things that can come out of a pandemic is that we can build resilience. We should all be looking for ways that we and our children can thrive in this challenging time. And that would be a wonderful lesson to come out of this pandemic with. That doesn't mean that we have to sit back and accept the things we don't like. It means that, yes, you can go to a school board meeting and make a case for why you should be in person or not be in person, whatever it is you want. But it does mean that we need to roll with the ups and downs, taking personal responsibility for the things we have control over, not complaining and blaming other people for all the things that aren't going our way, and looking for ways to make the current situation good and memorable and meaningful. Resilience means shifting our thoughts from our pain and disappointments to the things that fill our lives with joy. It means making the best of a bad situation and finding ways to thrive even when things are tough. As we do this, our eyes will be opened and we'll notice all the people who are working together to make life better. We'll see how hard the teachers and administrators are working to give our children the best education possible. We'll notice teachers who are coming up with new ways to communicate and engage through the screen. We'll see entrepreneurs coming up with products that build community. We'll see our friends and our neighbors building deeper relationships as they meet outside in their driveways and find new ways to socialize. 
We'll see the entertainment industry reinvent itself because we still need to be entertained. We need laughs. We need to lose ourselves in a good story. And when we look around, we can see examples of resilience all around us if we take the time to notice. Resilience makes the tough times better, and resilience is a skill we can develop. I hope you'll join me this November for the gratitude walk or run. Over the course of 30 days, we'll move, we'll develop our gratitude muscle, and we'll learn to spot some of the thought patterns that are keeping us from living our best lives. Head over to crushingmygoals.com forward slash gratitude to check it out. That's it for today. Enjoy your week, sign up for the course, and I will meet you back here next week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.